Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Jeff Goodwin. He is the president of Complete Home Concepts, which is a family business that started very, very small, kind of as a side effort, and is has just really grown over the years. And Jeff is here to talk with us about that entrepreneurial journey, how he got involved in the company, and uh, some of the different things that he's learned along the way. Welcome to the show today, Jeff. Well, thank you. So, as I said, you're a multi-generational company. Your father started it. Tell us tell us about what inspired him to start the company. Well, um, my father worked for back in the back in that time it was uh, Interstate Brands. They owned the Dolly Madison plants around the country, and he was part of their construction group. So, he went around the country building bakeries. Um, they transferred him to Kansas City, and he was traveling at that time six days a week, three weeks a, a month. He was never home, um, and he's just he wanted something different. So uh, he found a stone manufacturing business that was a franchise. It was something he could buy, and he could start making stone and sell it in the Kansas City market. Um, so he bought it in... Probably late 76 is when he bought it, worked it kind of part-time through the early part of 77 and went full-time in July of 77 was when the company, as it was known back then, Model Stone mm-hmm. of Kansas City, was created. Yeah. Um, and then he just kept adding to it, uh, and you morphed into um, other products and services, and you changed your name again. Tell us about that. We did. Um, we, he figured out pretty quick that selling stone was not going to pay the bills. Um, so we kind of looked at where our stone was being used at the time, and most of it was going on fireplaces. So he uh, joined with another gentleman who owned a fireplace company at the time, and uh, we started selling fireplaces to go with the stone. Uh, that He bought that partner out, um, would have been early 80s, when I joined um, the business. And the rest of the products that we do, we do uh, we, the next product line, I guess, came in was mirrors and shower doors. Uh, that came along. Our main focus has always been the home builder, uh, the new home builder. So the the builders were having trouble getting mirrors and shower doors. So we're like, well, okay, we can we can do that. So we started a little mirror and shower door operation, and and that grew. Uh, then we started uh, as mirror guys. We started having trouble with cultured marble tops being there for us to put our mirrors on. So, you know, we kind of looked around and said, well, it's just a manufacturing process. We can pull that off. Uh-huh. So we went and bought a little marble company and and, and started making our own marble tops. Um, from there, uh, we, we had a very large retail presence through the 90s and early into 2000s uh, where we had four sto- showrooms around the, around the city. Um, they were mainly designed for the builder, but this time of year, especially in the fall, they kind of take on their own life because we're one of the biggest wood stove sellers in the, in the Midwest. Um, 
2008 being what 2008 was, um, we decided to pull back the four and we opened the one that's here in Riverside and it's about 10,000 square feet. It's probably the biggest fireplace showroom in the Midwest. We have 44 burning units. Um, you can see anything from the small builder model up to pretty much whatever you want to spend. We've got a custom line that uh, that can do we like to say literally anything, anything we've ever sent them, they've not turned us down. We we put three of these custom units in K-State's football stadium when they renovated it. You know, the fireplaces are 18 feet long. Wow. Um, so <laughs> they, those units like that are fun because, you know, you just don't get to do them very often. But they're oh, fun, yeah. So, yeah, you know, that, and, that's um, massive. But we, you know, we got into guttering. Um, again, it was kind of a sideline for us. We were, we were at the time we were working with a guy who was doing siding, um, and we were doing the stonework. So he would sell the siding, and then we'd go put the stone on the front of the house. And and he was, he was having trouble getting gutters done because they were small jobs. So you know, we kind of looked at it and said, oh, okay. So we went and bought a little little gutter guy with one truck, and my builder sales group started looking at it and. Builders were saying, "You guys can do gutter. Can can you mm-hmm. come on time? Can you, will you be here?" <laughs> and you know, so so gutter has grown dramatically over the years, um, and it it follows the same philosophy we have with everything, which is you know be there when we say we're going to be there, and do the job when we say we're going to do it. And in the construction world, that's sometimes rare, um, but it's something we have spent a lot of time and a lot of money on our computer systems to make sure that we can. And if you tell us Tuesday, we're there on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what has made us grow as we have grown over the years is that, that focus on, on the customer. When do you want yeah. it and when do you need it? You know, my dad used to used to fuss at all the guys around here that, okay, if the builder ever calls you and says he needs something, you're doing something wrong. You need to know he needs it before he knows he needs it. So then the guy that's out there selling against you doesn't really have a chance. That's right. right. The builder, the bill you call the builder and say, "Hey, that fireplace down the street's going to be ready Friday. You want the same thing you had last time, or would you like something different?" The builder just yeah. says, "Yeah, go ahead." And the guy that calls him and says, "Hey, I want to talk to you about the fireplace." Well, you know, it's too late. It's already installed. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. So that, you know, that was that was always his focus that that we we need to be out in front of everything. Well, that's great advice. Now, you mentioned that you focus on the new home builder, the new home buyer. Do you ever go direct to the consumer? I mean, if I want, if I'm up in Riverside as just a, an individual, can I come in and purchase anything, or is it do you work directly through the builders? No, we do. A, we have the whole side of of do-it-yourselfers. So if you mm-hmm. want to put it in, um, we'll be glad to get it for you and show you how it all goes together. If if you're redoing your basement and you want to add a fireplace, we'll go in, we'll put the fireplace in. We've got on staff uh, carpenters, trim guys, framing guys. You know, you don't have a fireplace. We'll come into your living room, we'll cut a hole in your wall, we'll build a chase and and give you a fireplace. Okay, so so you, you can do both, uh, yes. to, with the builders and the individual homeowner. Why did you join the company? Was it because it was just in your blood? You grew up working in the business, or did you go out for a while, do something else, and then decide to join? How'd that work? I got out of high school and went away to college and figured out that college was boring um, and decided to come home. Um, I'll say probably missed my girlfriend more than I missed anything else, so... Um, I came home. We got married young. Um, 
and this was just something I wanted to do. So I, I'm right now I'm the only one in the building who's done everything. So I, I started making stone at the age of 13 uh, wow. and have done everything since. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, but along the way, I, I went back to school. I got my accounting degree because that's what we needed. We needed somebody on the accounting side. So, you know, dad and I talked about it and he's like, why don't you, why don't you do that? So, you know, went to school at night. Would not recommend that for kids. I don't recommend it for mine. You know, go to school, get your degree. Um, night school is not the easiest thing in the world to do, especially when you're working ten hours yes. a day. Right. Um, but you know, it it worked out for us. I I got my degrees. My wife got her degree. She's a school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I just like I say I kind of grew up in it. Um, and I we have I have two nephews. My sister runs. We kind of divide the company in half. Um, she runs half of it. I run. I run the other half. I do the stone, the fireplaces, or the stone, the marble, and the mirror. So I'm I'm more on the manufacturing side. Okay. She does the fireplaces in the gutter, and then the what we call retail, which is our showroom, um, and then all the financial side is is on me. So it's mm-hmm. that's kind of how we split it. Um, Generation number three is involved now. I have two nephews that are here. One of them is is in the installation group, um, learning that side of the business. The other one is actually on the sales group, learning the retail side of the business. Um, whether my kids end up here or not, um, time will tell. Sure. You know, I have I, I have four, so um, one has no interest, and the other two just started college, so. We'll no, you don't know yet. Yes, exactly. Now, sometimes you hear some horror stories about family businesses that it it broke up breaks up the family. You can't sit down and have dinner together anymore uh, at holidays. Those kinds of things. It sounds like you guys have found a formula for success. What's been key to that? Um, I think a lot of it was probably my mother. Uh, mm-hmm. My mother had a hard, fast rule. You know, when you came in the door, the business stayed on the front porch. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, there was more than one time Dad and I ended up outside on the porch or outside on the deck, you know, having a conversation on a Saturday afternoon or a Friday night or something. But, you know, when you walked into Mom's house, Mom was very clear. We are here. We're not the business. The business is over there. So keep it separate. Yeah, wise woman. Uh, Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that one of your keys to success uh, stems from advice that your father gave about always knowing what the customer's need was before the customer did. Uh, what what else has been a key to your success as you think back over the years? Yeah, I think a lot of it has been our, our product choices. Um, we got together with Heatalator, which is the brand of Fireplace. Heatalator is kind of like Kleenex. If somebody sees a metal-shelled fireplace, they say, oh, well, that's a Heatalator. Well, Heatalator is a brand, and there's dozens of other brands. Um, but we hooked up with Heatalator back '83, '84 um, with them, and you know, Heatalator then got bought by another company, which gave us access to Heat and Glow. Heat and Glow would be probably the preeminent fireplace company in the market nowadays. They have all the unique stuff: the see-throughs, the fancy flames. You know, so our product mix has always been one step ahead of the competition. There's there's a lot of fireplace companies out there, but between Heatalator and Heat and Glow, nobody can match what we do. Uh, mm-hmm. And the same thing can be said for the, the shower doors. We use uh, Alumax product, which is it's the best shower door material to use 
out there on the market. It's the only one that still has a lifetime warranty on the finish. So no matter how long you own it, if the finish goes bad, we'll come replace it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so no skimping on the quality of the products and the right, uh, very right. reputable manufacturers and brands that you use. It sounds like as you added products that in many cases in order to make those additions to your product or service line, you went out and you acquired a company. Um, obviously for some of the equipment that you use and in your inventory, you have to have um, some financing at some point. How have you handled the financing for your business? You know, most of it's been, uh, like when we'll go buy a company, um, it's a bank loan for a certain amount of money for a certain amount of time. Um, Equipment financing, we kind of go both directions. If I know I need something and I can wait, um, I'll I'll just, we'll, as you say, save the money um, and then buy it. Um, We're not afraid to buy a machine. We, our first beveling machine, uh, we bought used. Um, and three of us got in a rider truck, drove to St. Louis, disassembled it, brought it back, reassembled it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you see something like that that works, we just, a couple of weeks ago, we I sent a couple of guys to Chicago to pick up a CNC machine because it it's something that we can do a lot with. Um, and the guy just, he had to get rid of it. And we got a very nice machine for very little money. So you, you kind of keep your eyes open on that. Um, when you you sit down with a bank, you you got to know the ins and the outs. Over the years, I've learned what they're looking for. It's a lot more complicated nowadays than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they Definitely. need a lot more information, and and I get that. And the regulations, you know, hopefully, the regulations keep us from having another 2008. You know, 2008 in our world was unbelievable. I mean, when yeah. you, just simple numbers in 2008. We employed 170 people. Mm. Okay, our low in mid 2010 was 39. Wow, that really did so, hit you. Yeah, so we are back up to 62 and mm-hmm. continuing to grow. Um, I, I I chuckle with the with Jenny and that's my sister and the banks is I like I'm not sure I want to go back to 170 people. I I kind of yeah. like where I'm at. You know, it's mm-hmm. a little simpler. It's a little easier. Um, but we don't turn down any growth opportunities. We're looking at a couple now that, um, you know, there's a lot of family businesses do what we do, um, and they're at that transition stage. You know, do the kids take it or does the dad sell it? Uh, right. There's going to be a lot of transition in businesses like ours over the next five to ten years. It's just that the the founders, that's where their age is. Yes. Um you know, and, and like I said, some of them have kids in the business, some of them don't. Right. Uh, yeah. And it sounds like you've got a pretty strong banking relationship now, though, uh, from what you just said, if you're moving forward to acquire more and, and so forth. Yes, we do. E- equity, I, we started, um, we ended up at uh, First Community um, because they were close to us in Riverside. Uh, they were in Parkville, and then Equity stepped in and bought First Community, and we got to know those guys, and they have been wonderful. You know, if we need something, it's done pretty quick. They ask a few questions, and, and off we go. They know us pretty well. We talk to them on a regular basis. They see our financials on a regular basis. They know what's going on. You know, they're, sure. they, they're not overly involved in what we do, but but if we have a question, they figure out a solution, and, and they're actually working on some on some major financing for us. We're 
shifting around some some physical assets. So mm -hmm. um, they've put together a package for our main facility here in Riverside that um, I'm not sure anybody else could have put together. It, it uses some pretty unique financing that when you look at it, they took money out of their own pocket. Instead of mm -hmm. charging me this rate, they get to charge me this other rate mm -hmm. because they went out and found this program. Yeah, um, yeah. It sounds like a great relationship and one that's going to hold you uh, into the future, which you started to talk about, and I, I kind of cut you off there. You were talking about, uh, you know, this next generation and what that could look like and that you've got some, some possible expansion plans. Tell us a little bit more about that future. Where do you see uh, your industry going? Where do you see Complete Home Concepts going? Well, I, you know, in Kansas City, you know, construction-wise, at our boom, we were doing 14,000 houses a year. Um, that's a number that's the city of today is not not sustainable in Kansas yeah. City. It, it was just we were overbuilt. So uh, the low in Kansas City was I think it was 2011. They built 1,800. So that's how far it fell. We're back now. We're into the 4,000, 4,200 range, I believe, this year. Um, Mid-America Regional Council's numbers will tell you that a healthy market in Kansas City is right at 5,000. Okay, and, and that's where they say um, housing starts need to be for what Mark uh, calls uh, family creations. So marriages, kids moving out, needing an apartment, somebody buying a house. So you look at that number and say that's a healthy market. Yeah. Uh, so we should get close to the 5,000 by probably the middle part of next year. We'll see that number, in, and then we'll see if it settles in. Um, from there, we're looking at, at maybe an expansion of the retail again. Um, we're not sure where. You know, We get a lot of grief because we're north. Um, and so we have we do a lot of business in Johnson County, and the Johnson County folks are like, you really want me to drive 30 minutes? And like, you know, if if you want to see it, I can't put this size showroom in Johnson County. It's just not affordable. Yeah. Real estate is real estate. Um, but we're looking at a smaller version where we could say, okay, here's some really good stuff. If you want to see the rest, you know, you got to come up and see us. Um, and our fireplace factories, they're pushing us to do it. You know, their demographics say we're they say we're missing something. I push back and say, yeah, I don't think so. But you know, we're <laughs> but, you know. we're we're still having that conversation. And yeah. you know, as as far as is growth, a lot of what we're looking at to to maybe acquire um, is companies for their labor force. Um, that's going to be everybody's struggle for the next, you know, who knows how long. Is kids aren't coming out of high school wanting to go into the construction field. Right. It, it's not. You know, it's just not there anymore. So. You know, we we could do way more gutter than we do now, but I don't have the bodies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, marble's the same way. I don't have the bodies. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm strategically looking at, at maybe buying a company in one of those industries and say, you know, so I have the bodies. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and they've yeah. got the craftsmanship and the skills uh, yeah. already, so you don't have to train. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good strategy, uh, Jeff. If anybody would like to come and see your showroom or get in touch with you, how would they do that? Uh, well, the best thing that would be the website, completehomeconcepts.com. Uh, that has pretty much everything we do. Uh, there's a map to our location. We are in Riverside, Missouri. We're in what they call the Horizons District, which is the new area that was created 
when they built the levee about 12 years ago. So it's uh, basically at the corner of 635 and 9 Highway um, is where we sit. We're kind of tucked back in the corner. We were one of the first buildings that came in after the levee was, was finally approved. Uh, but, you know, I like to tell people we're 20 minutes from 95th Street and I-35 in Johnson County, and there's only one stoplight, and it's when you get off the highway at 635. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, probably, Parkway. it's probably easier to get to than some of the, you know, than a trip down Medcalf sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've <laughs> had that conversation with people. Yeah, they're like, you know, it took me 25 minutes to get to the highway and 20 minutes to get to you. I'm like, I uh-huh. see. You know, we're not yeah, so exactly. bad up here, you know. <laughs> Um, but, you know, it's, we're, like I said, we're in Riverside. Um, you know, they're welcome to call us, uh, what we call 816-471-HOME is, uh, is the phone number, which is, is 4663. You know, it's fall in Kansas City, so you're going to see our television commercial started, I think, Tuesday. Radio starts next week. Um, this is our big wood stove insert season. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a lot of activity around here and, be a lot of advertising done over the next 60, 90 days. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We'll keep an eye on you, and we hope to see you continue that success and, and bring you back to tell us about your latest expansion maybe in a year or two. Okay? Okay. Sounds good. All right. Have a, have a great day. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com or follow us on Facebook at Thinking Bigger Business Media. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.